0: Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Asia Bonilla.
1: And I'm the other host, Charles Sheeland. And today we finish a book and we finish a whole series. We get to finish Switch and thereby the whole Savvy Trilogy by Ingrid Law.
0: For anyone who is new to our show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network, we're best friends, and we read and reread young adult books from our adolescence and share them with each other. This week we're finishing a Charles Pick, and next week we get to start a series that I've read the first half or so of the first book, but pretty much we've never read it, either of us, but was suggested by a listener, and that is the Match Trilogy.
1: And for the last time this week, I could say that I actually had only ever read the first book, Savvy, but now I've read all three of these books in the series, so that's fun.
0: So I'll go ahead and quickly summarize the plot for the last time for a little while. So the motley crew of kids, Gypsy, Dell, Samson, Nola, and Tuck are all still running around trying to find Grandma Pat, and eventually they do locate her. And in an effort to prevent the vision from happening, they eventually actually making it come true but they do resolve their way out of it so it pretty much just ends in a happy ending and I know that's super short but that's pretty much the basis of the plot we're obviously going to get into a little bit more details throughout the episodes but as far as for my impression I will say I will say I still like have very much enjoyed the series but I think how I feel at the end, I just feel like this was less so like like any of the other series we've read where I feel like we're following like one overarching plot. I guess this is like a little bit more similar to Narnia. I think it was more interesting than Narnia, but it's not like they had like one goal to solve like by the end of the series, especially since we are like following different characters. But I still liked it. But I'm just not like, this would never be my favorite series.
1: Uh, Well, I have a comment on that. I think we can talk about that at the end of the episode, though, because that's, I think, a big difference between what you and I both like. But anyway, my impression I'll save was that this whole conversation about time was really annoying, but we'll talk about that a little more in a second. I want to bring it back to the text so it makes a little more sense, and my impression was that I felt like the ending, I wanted more conclusion. I didn't feel like the story was incomplete. Like, I didn't feel like I was missing details. But I wanted just, like, more of a, like, a family happy ending. Because.
0: Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. I feel like that would have just helped make it feel, like, complete. Like the end of a series.
1: Yeah. I, I think, like. We needed Mibs and Ledge to be there, you know, like, because those are the, like, those are three protagonists, Mibs, Ledge, and Gypsy, and I wanted to celebrate all of them at the end.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can talk. we should have
1: finished with, like, Mibs, we should have finished with Mibs and Will Jr.'s wedding.
0: Yeah, we'll talk more about that, I think, at the end of the episode, though, because I feel like I have a lot to say.
1: Okay. Well, diving in. I think I made a mistake. I made a boo-boo last episode. I said that they already had the cat, the kitten, Captain Stormy, because I'd accidentally read the first few pages of this reading, and then I had to, like, stop. and was like, oh, my God, stop reading, Charles. Um, so they didn't have the cat yet, but they get it right away at the beginning of this chapter. So sorry, that was my boo-boo.
0: So now they have the cat, and they end up driving to the hospital to help with this couple that they see on the side of the road that their car's broken down and the wife is pregnant so they're basically trying to be good samaritans to take this couple to the hospital but it ends up working out for them because grandma pat is at the hospital so they're able to collect her right then and there but gypsy immediately is like i don't want to keep grandma pat in the hospital like i feel like she needs to like be in my sight And, like, I understand, like, they're trying to keep their savvies under wraps, which I feel is, like, why they don't really want to stay in a public place. But I feel like her not wanting to keep grandma Pat at the hospital or even, like, just calling an adult for help is just not... I almost just combined two words. (laughs) I almost said a logical, like, logical and rational but. Both of those, I just feel it's not logical or rational because it shouldn't be on these kids to keep their grandmother from, like, accidentally killing herself. Like, they need... I think that there needs to be... They need mature adults should be filling that role. And, like, they could have at least maybe called their dad, who I know is, like, on the way, but at least to, like, get some advice and, like, have an adult actually, like, know where their whereabouts are. But... Anyway, they get her from the hospital and they're like, oh, we're going to like take her back home. But I am still just at this point, I was not convinced that they were out of danger because as has kind of been presented throughout the story is that Gypsy's visions always come to fruition. So I feel like they are somehow still going to end up at the clock tower and Grandma Pat is going to fall and they're just going to have to save her in another way.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, why not stay at the hospital or call for an adult, especially staying at a hospital? I'm like... If the vision takes place at the clock tower, and you can just stay at the hospital and watch her there.
0: Also, like, she literally has Alzheimer's, so, like, they could be, like, she's having a mental breakdown. They could check her in, like, sedate her. Like, that, I feel like, is the only way that they could have actually prevented her from going where. I mean, I guess you could have said it was just, like, preventing the inevitable because her vision has to happen.
1: Yeah, but it, then... Yeah, well, we're gonna... Like I said... I have more that I want to say about the visions coming true. So give me like five minutes until we get to the place in the text where I I might have to rant a little bit. But yes, I agree with you. They were being irresponsible.
0: And on top of that, they definitely shouldn't have left the hospital because Samson, who is the only one of them who has a driver's license, dislocates his shoulder while they were like driving over. So he can't even drive properly because one one of his arms is in a sling. And on top of this... As I don't know if we've mentioned before but this is like, there's like a blizzard going on. So now they've have Nola getting behind the wheel which she only has her learner's permit. So she doesn't even have a license and she's driving in a blizzard.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, okay. So at the hospital Gypsy realizes she doesn't want to read Dell's future or past because she wants him to have his privacy, which I thought was very similar to her sister. Mibs, in the first book, Mibs realizes she doesn't want to read people's minds to get to know them. She said it's better if you actually like each other to, like, actually get to know each other the organic way. I just thought it was a really sweet parallel that Gypsy's, like, invading people's past and future is pretty invasive. Invading is invasive. Wow, that was redundant, redundant, Charles. But, like, she's like, it would be better to actually build chemistry rather than sneak information about people. And I just thought that was really like it was just like Mim's.
0: Yeah, it was a nice parallel for sure.
1: Okay. So now this is when Dell tells them that the clock tower is actually stuck at eleven fifty-eight PM or eleven fifty-eight it's clock, so it could be AM PM. And so they don't actually have until midnight because the clock is there, so in Gypsy's vision when she sees eleven fifty eight, that could be happening at any moment, right? Yes. Okay, so they all... So this is where I got really frustrated. They all panic, and they're so rushed, and they're running around, and they're trying to get to her, because they're like, Grandma could be falling at any moment. But that's stupid, because all of Gypsy's visions have come true. They've complete, they've come true completely with no edits. Like, the images she sees in her head, those happen. So, like... I'm trying to explain this really well, especially over an audio format. But...
0: Why don't you describe the vision again? What Gypsy saw? Yeah, so
1: in the vision, she sees the clock tower, she sees Grandma Pat falling, and she sees her arms reaching out for her. Right? You're following me so far? Yes. Okay. So, and we know that what happens after the vision, obviously Gypsy doesn't know, because she finishes, like, she only gets the vision. So after what happens might be a surprise, but the actual image of the vision does happen exactly like she sees it, okay? So, for me, it is stupid of them to worry about when they will get there, and it's stupid of them to try to prevent it. So one, the providing to prevent it is stupid because you know it's going to happen. They've all happened at some point, so you know it's going to happen. But the biggest thing is, why are they worried about time? Grandma is only going to fall... When they're all there, so that gypsy's arms can be there to reach out for her. Like, this fall could happen at three in the morning, or it could happen at eleven fifty-eight, or it could happen at seven in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. Seven in the like, they're afternoon. They're like, we have to get there. You mean
0: like seven in the evening. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, seven in the
1: evening. But my point is that like, it doesn't matter when grandma gets there because gypsy will be there when she does the actual falling like
0: okay but what if gypsy never goes like will she just never fall
1: but that's what i'm saying like the way all of the visions have happened so far is that they happen exactly as gypsy sees them
0: but i feel like then that would be the way to like i feel like that would be interesting of could she prevent the vision if she saw herself in the vision and she never goes to this clock tower or this school like could it not come like could it not happen or maybe but also how does she know for sure maybe, it was her arm somebody my- could have been wearing her coat she just sees like specifically her red coat or something i think
1: well she knows it's her because she looked at her own reflection
0: okay so but yeah so that's Again, why my i would say more- then my- she should have just not gone to the clock tower
1: Yes. I mean, also, they're children, and this is, like, a little, like, higher-order logic that I'm asking of them. But the time of the vision doesn't matter because Gypsy is in the vision. Like, Grandma will only ever be falling when Gypsy is there. So does that kind of make sense?
0: Yes, that totally makes sense. But, yes, they are just kids. I mean, Gypsy thought it would be safer for her to personally watch Grandma Pat and leave her in a hospital full of adults. So, I think that she wouldn't have gone. And
1: that's the other thing. To come
0: to that conclusion.
1: The other problem is also that like they keep trying to avoid the vision, and I'm like, if you've learned anything so far, Gypsy, is that it's going to happen. So, the best strategy would be to what tell do you mean people by
0: avoid and, the vision. Like they're trying to prevent. it? I mean,
1: I don't like? know if they're all trying to prevent it, but they they're trying to catch up with her, and like. What is that going to achieve? It just makes the vision happen. To me, what I would say is that Gypsy should say this is when the vision is going to be. And then they should, like, recruit the fire department to have, like, one of those catching beanbag bouncy things.
0: But that's the whole thing. They can't do that because how would she know that her grandma's going to be up there?
1: But I'm just saying, like, they could have the fire department put the thing out permanently. I don't know. To me...
0: How how is a thirteen year old child? If going they called the their, their parents,
1: department? they could have dealt with it.
0: I don't think the parents; they would have been. Imagine if you tried to call the fire department right now, saying there is a there is a chance that someone's going to jump off of our building. You need to set up a boom up the street.
1: Well, also, <laughs> you could literally call and be like. She's jump um, she's she's on the edge of a building right now because you know it's gonna happen that night because she's wearing all the clothes, she's wearing the tiara, you know it's gonna happen okay, that, that
0: night. That is a little bit I'm sorry when you said just just have them. You should know. <laughs> if anything, they could have set up their own personal. Well, oh, that's what I'm saying. They
1: could set up <laughs> their own personal family. one. My point is that, like, literally all of their them trying I don't know. To I don't
0: like, think I would have risked like I understand what you're saying though, but I think, though, I was going to say, I think for why they're chasing this is the sense of, yes, Gypsy saw herself in the vision, so Grandma Pat can't fall until she's there. But I think because she closes her eyes and doesn't see the end of the vision, she's assuming that she has to catch. Sure. Grandma Pat, like she has to grab onto her. And she's, she is like, so I think in Gypsy's, you know, 13-year-old brain, that is the... Only way to save her is on her. She has to grab, and then maybe the other people can help her. But like, she has to grab her. It's her arms. She's reaching for her.
1: Yeah, I guess. I just, I just want to bring up the time thing because. But I
0: definitely understand the frustration. Again,
1: the preventing the vision is a whole other kettle of fish. The most important thing was when they were worried about getting there on time. I was like, that's stupid, because. It's only going to happen when you're there.
0: Yeah, I think, again, it's just, um, it's more, I mean, they're kids and it's four kids and that's doing, like, some time travel tenant stuff. So I think it would be too much for these little children to try to comprehend. But I do like your explanations.
1: So they drive out. It goes terribly, as they just predicted. They total the car. It's a complete accident car is useless and then gypsy freezes time and grandma doesn't stop and so afterwards they figure out that everyone who has the same birthday as gypsy is immune to her time stops
0: and because Dell has the same birthday as them he's also immune which i guess this is like an interesting way to explain it it was kind of random and like i don't know because like yeah there's just like There's thousands and thousands of people who would share the same birthday as you. So I feel like that's kind of crazy. But at least I guess we got an explanation. But I don't know if I like that explanation.
1: I didn't care for it either. Like, I'm glad that we got one as well. But it's also just kind of felt like it was a plot cover because she needed a way to introduce Dell. But like, to me, it just didn't. I didn't care that much. And it also didn't make a lot of sense because we haven't seen any other savvy have, like, conditions, you know?
0: Yeah, or have, like, people be immune to it. I was going to say, I think maybe what would have been an interesting, like, way of explaining it is, so we've kind of talked about, like, all the savvy, like, families and children we've met. It seems like as long as you have one savvy parent like you're pretty much guaranteed to get a savvy as a child but I wonder if there was I thought it would be interesting or what I thought it might have been was Del and like grandma Pat might have been immune because they actually had like a savvy like family member that's like a more distant relative so they kind of got maybe like a more recessive gene of the savviness. So instead of getting their own savvy, maybe they're like immune to certain savvies or like you know, I don't know. I just think that would be, again like something that would be a little bit more complicated, a little bit more interesting than just, well, if they share the same birthday. So
1: I agree. I I it was a it was an explanation. That's about it. I feel like I'm in the office. It is your birthday, you know? Like that's kind of I'm like
0: <laughs> it, it is your birthday. Period.
1: <laughs> yes. If you don't, have you never seen The Office, that was an office joke, but um, that's kind of how I felt about it. I was like, okay, I'm glad there was an explanation and wasn't completely random, but it also, it kind of felt like it was breaking some rules because we've not seen a savvy have anyone be immune to it yet. So anyway, let's move along. So then they also actually,
0: that could have been something really interesting to explore with like, ledge ledger's mom like how what if like she tried to tell someone what to do and they didn't or mibs tried to like read someone's mind with a tattoo like i, just, I don't know i just think that was again like expanding the world building
1: yes i agree so they go to laverne's tavern not an appropriate place for children to be at all i might add it's basically a bar and they they're staying there for a while, I guess, until, like, Mom can pick them up or whatever. Because, yeah, they don't have a car anymore. And Gypsy tries to make Del feel better because she says that his savvy is to paint faces. It's, like, his power of doing makeup is a savvy.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Imagine somebody gets... Somebody gets the ability to stop time or like shoot fire out of their hands, and your savvy is being good at makeup. I'm sorry. Like, unless you're like PETA level of good at makeup, like literally can make yourself into like a tree or like just totally blend, like camouflage your, yourself into your surroundings. I don't think that that's uh, living up to the savvy standard.
1: Yeah. And it felt, this felt so 21st century, like early 21st century, because Del's like, is makeup not good for a boy? And they're all like, no, it's fine. Boys can do whatever they want. Like, it's...
0: Well, yeah, too, because when we first meet Del, he's like being bullied by these kids because they have a photo of him and... Like, they, like, I think Samson, like, gets a glimpse of the photo, and he's like, is that your sister? And I immediately was like, oh, it must be a photo of him, like, wearing makeup or, like, dressed up like a a woman. And I was like, oh, this is going to, we're definitely going to get a lesson how, like, it's okay to express yourself, which is a great lesson, and it's absolutely true. But.
1: We actually got a couple of them throughout the chapter because. When they get the cat, Tuck calls the cat Captain Stormy Pants. And Nola's like, how do you know it's not a girl? And Tuck's like, um...
0: Girls can be captains, captains can too. be
1: girls, too. And it was like, I mean, it was adorable, and I loved it. But also, it was like, ooh, we're a little heavy-handed in, like, the... Let's break down the social construct of the gender binary.
0: No, yeah, but I mean, I do think... Probably it, for the time, just, that it was just groundbreaking. Screamed, like... <laughs>
1: It felt like something that was written in 2016, you know? Yeah. I was like, it's right there. But it was adorable. I liked it. Don't get me wrong.
0: So now that Del has, like, embraced his inner makeup artist, he gives a full-on makeover to Nola because (laughs) it's kind of been described that, like, Nola just has, like, pounds of makeup on her face and it's, like, terribly applied. So I'm just imagining... Her with like raccoon eyes and just like smudged lipstick, like Miranda sings
1: you in our freshman concert.
0: Yeah, with her raccoon eyes, just like black blobs. And so Del's like, "No, we have to like make you over before you go on stage to sing." And he like does all this beautiful makeup, and then Gypsy's like, "Oh, my turn, my turn! Like I want to look like pretty like that." And he immediately is like, "Gypsy, like you are just absolutely spectacular all on your own. Like you don't need any makeup." And like that was so sweet of him. But at the same time, <laughs> the toxic person in me was like, "Well, what does that mean for Nola? Does Nola need the makeup?"
1: I thought that was really funny because I totally agreed. I was like, in the context of the, it's like
0: it was a really sweet compliment. But like, he literally had just given a whole makeover. And everyone's Nola, like, and "Wow, then you look so good. Person... You
1: look like your best self." And then he's literally like, no, I'm not going to do any makeup for you, Mib, for Gypsy, because you're already perfect.
0: Like, your best self is how you are right now, just no makeup, which is how everyone should feel. But it was just, I was like, oh, that's kind of a yeah, backhand compliment. Yeah, true
1: for every single person, but also, like, in the context, it was pretty awkward.
0: Yeah, but they did not pick up on that one.
1: So this actually leads me to my favorite part in the whole book. The fact that Nola can't sing. So we've discovered Nola's passion. She wants to be a pop singer. They go downstairs and they get distracted, stupid, and they start to perform on a tambourine. And Nola's singing, and Nola is a terrible singer. And Gypsy's like beating the tambourine in the back. She's like, wow, Nola really can't sing. She's so bad. I hope they don't boo her. Like, I hope her heart isn't broken. And I thought that was so funny. Like, it just felt like a really clever resolution. Because it would be just so easy for her to be a good singer, you know?
0: Well, it also kind of... I feel like... Yeah, I feel like also her being a bad singer, like, helped Gypsy kind of realize that even though Nola was bad on the stage, like, she wasn't embarrassed, like, because she was happy, like, with what she was doing. And so no one was booing her or, like, trying to get her off the stage because she was confident in herself even if she was not very good she was so she was presenting with so much confidence that like you couldn't help but like cheer for her which after you know from the beginning of the book when gypsy's ex-friend is like you're just like a twirling baby or whatever it made gypsy feel bad about herself whereas i feel like nola has really shown herself to be like a good role model for her and then i also liked because afterwards Nola even says, like, to Gypsy, she's like, did you hear my voice? Like, I sound way better in my bedroom than on these microphones. She's like, maybe I don't want to be a singer anymore.
1: (laughs) I know. And Gypsy's like, I hope you do something that makes you happy. And it was like, dang.
0: Also, because even though, like, I also just like that because even though Nola was, like, super confident, she wasn't, like, overly confident. She was still, like, self-aware in the moment, which I feel like is just more realistic.
1: Yeah. Also, yeah, it was... I just thought it was really funny that like, she's not perfect and she can recognize that and that's okay, and she gets her standing on ovation anyway because she performs the Heimlich excellently.
0: Yeah, and literally saves someone's life.
1: She literally saves someone's life.
0: But while all this was happening, and she's singing her karaoke song. Honestly, all I was thinking about was that they are not paying enough attention to Grandma Pat. As soon as Gypsy left Grandma Pat's side, I was like, well, here we go. Gypsy specifically said she was not going to leave Grandma Pat's side. She just did, which means Grandma Pat is going somewhere. And Samson's like, I'll watch her, but he's goo goo for Nola, so that obviously was a lost cause. So it was just Tuck was sitting up with with Grandma Pat, which is Tuck like— He's five. Six?
1: He's five.
0: He's five. Okay. They left the five year old to watch their grandma with, as they called it, Old Timers disease, or actually Alzheimer's. I did think that was a cute, um, how they called it that, yeah. the little kids. But so they leave her, they leave them upstairs in the owner of the restaurant or bar, or whatever, up in her apartment. That was
1: so obvious and that they were going to leave. Like, It was so. Yeah, because they left him unattended.
0: Like, but as soon as Gypsy was like, as soon as Noel was like, Gypsy, you have to come sing with me. I was like, Well, here we go, because Gypsy specifically said she wasn't going to leave her side. And right, look at that, she did within like twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, and now our characters have to go rescue them. But yeah, it was so so obvious. I mean, I think that any reader would feel that way though. So
0: yes, which they're actually pretty easily able to find them and rescue them and they get the help of like some marines who were in the bar and this part
1: wild this is when the book became a sci-fi book because this became fantasy like the marines are just like yes we'll follow you give us your orders and they're just like blindly following this freaking 13 year old girl who's like i have a vision like (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, it's more than a 13-year-old It's a 13-year-old girl, and then Samson and Noel are, what, like, 16? So, like, there's some older teenage kids, and, you know, you would hope that, like, you know, Marines, like, would spring into action if someone was saying they needed help.
1: I guess. It just felt like... I don't know. If I saw a bunch of delinquent it, children... It felt a little
0: random. I'll, I'll admit that. It felt a little random that we just had these random people thrown into the mix, and, like, specifically Marines, but... It is what it is. So the kids with their new Marine friends are able to pretty easily track down Grandma Pat and Tuck. And they find the school, which is like boarded up because it was been closed down for a long time. So they break into the school. They climb up like a thousand stairs, which I was just like, (laughs) I would have died. There's no way. Um, They climb up the clock tower and... Gypsy gets her moment of, like, literally saying, like, she'll kill herself to save Grandpa. She leaps out to grab her, but luckily, Del grabs onto her, then Samson grabs onto him, and then the one Marine guy, or girl, I couldn't honestly keep track of who was... There was one female. That
1: one was a woman.
0: Okay, the woman, because she was, like, the leader, right? Or, like, one of the... Yes. So...
1: She was, like, Corporal Hernandez or something like that?
0: Yeah. Anyway, so she grabs onto... Samson, so there's like this little chain of people, but then Gypsy, like her hands are getting sweaty, so she's gonna drop the grandma, even with all this help.
1: So relatable, so relatable.
0: <laughs> so she starts screaming for Tuck because she knows that he can, which we talked about in the last episode, about how he got his savvy early and now he can like grow into a giant. And actually, the reason that Grandma Pat gets on the top of the clock tower is because Tuck grows to carry carry Grandma Pat. But as he's walking, he forgets about Cap'n Stormy, the cat. So he drops the cat and he just leaves his grandma on top of the building. So it's all Tuck's fault.
1: Well, he's five he's years only old, five.
0: so. So you can't blame
1: him. It, I really feel Can like it's honestly Samson and Gypsy's fault for knowing about the vision and being like, you know what? We're going to wing it. We're not going to tell a single adult. We ha- We're from a family of people with superpowers. But you know what? This is best kept secret.
0: I mean, yeah, they all failed. Anyway, so, but Tuck does save the day in the end because he grows big and he catches Grandma Pat as she falls and he lowers her down. And obviously the payoff of the vision is very quick and pretty obvious that it did happen, but Tuck saves the day.
1: And so that's kind of the end. But Gypsy even identifies a problem that we were encountering last episode. We talked about it a lot. We've been talking about it, talking about it a little bit this episode. The problem with her savvy before it changed is what good... Our visions of the future if you can't change them at all like which is totally true
0: no good that's what they are there's no point that's a powerless power that's
1: because like it leaves you in this place of like if she had just not gone out that day would that have like delayed the vision because the vision seems it seems like they all come true at some point so it's just delaying the inevitable like it's gonna happen um
0: I feel like that savvy would just cause you to like totally spiral, like question every life decision you make because you're like, is this decision the thing that's going to, you know, domino affect me into this awful vision that I saw in my future or in my friend's future? Like, I feel like you would go insane. Yes.
1: It's just, it's not like if you, you know, got fortunes, like the words themselves, because those could be interpreted differently. But because it's a literal snapshot image that she sees, it's just...
0: Yeah, it's specific, not vague.
1: It's And because there, there's literally nothing she can do to change it, like the fact that the actual circumstances occur, it would just drive you crazy. Because look what it made these kids do. They totaled a brand new car.
0: <laughs> that poor car. Anyway. But that's anyway, it. that's... That's pretty much the whole plot, and we do get some resolution at the end. Mostly that the switch is apparently permanent, except for Tucker or Tuck, the five-year-old, which Gypsy did see had seen a vision of Tuck before. Like her savvy switch, that when he turns thirteen, he will turn really small instead. So it will be the exact opposite. And I guess like the explanation they. That we got for the switch, like, kinda made sense.
1: The one where like they, you know, like hard times make us like adapt.
0: Yeah. Basically because Gypsy well Gypsy asks her mom, like, after everything has gone down, if Grandma Pat has a savvy and if it was that she can change people. And her mom says that maybe when faced with a situation we can't change, we find extraordinary ways to change ourselves. Which I thought was funny because then Gypsy's like, Well, why would like not being perfect like help her in this situation?
1: And grandma's like and mom's like, My life is yeah. a joke now and I can always entertain myself because my life she is a She says it
0: basically her savvy switching now has allowed her to have a really good sense of humor because she'll always be laughing at all of her mistakes and I'm
1: sorry, but that's ridiculous. She got shafted in the switch.
0: I mean, she she definitely got screwed, but I do think that, like, well, the quote I pulled was she says that a sense of humor can work wonders when it comes to softening the harder parts of life. I think if, as, like, I am kind of a perfectionist and I, like, work on not being like that, it can be really hard to laugh at mistakes. So I think if she was essentially the perfect person and, like, the embodiment of perfectionism, having like her mother-in-law move in with her, I think would have been really difficult for her. Whereas now that, I mean, it sucks that now she has to be a mess, but if like that extreme, like opposite is what gets it so that she can laugh at herself and laugh at mistakes and kind of brush off the little things. I do think that that makes sense. I, I do. I still think, I mean, I also just didn't really like her savvy from the beginning. Cause it's not really, it doesn't really feel like a superpower.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, her savvy from the beginning didn't make that much sense. But then the replacement also didn't make that much sense. So.
0: Well, like I said, I feel like hers was more like a state of being, like being an extremely lucky person as opposed to like how some of the other ones are, again, like a superpower, which personally I'd prefer to have a superpower because you have like actual control over it.
1: Yeah. So final thoughts For as we finish the series? Because we're done.
0: So this is the end of the series. And so kind of how we mentioned at the beginning, I just, for me, I feel like when I finished the book, I just couldn't believe that was the end of the series. Like, I felt like how Charles always says, like, he doesn't like when books aren't, like, wrapped up. I feel like these books all, like, stand really well on their own. And even Charles said, and I agree, that I kind of wish there would have been some, like, savvy family reunion even if that was Will and M- Mibs's wedding, like, I think that would have just been nice to get to see all the characters, like, we've met throughout these three books to, like, kind of tie it together because it just, it just didn't really feel like the end to a series. Like, I felt like these were just three independent books that are, like, set in the same universe, like, talking about the same family and, like, there's the world building and there's not, like one overarching storyline which is something we found in other series which I've been reading the Bridgerton series recently which is kind of similar to this where like each book follows one of the Bridgerton siblings and like their love story and I guess maybe for me I just feel like I think this would have been more interesting if there were more books i guess i was mainly surprised by this because it's a trilogy and i feel like a trilogy is so commonly known as like you know the first book sets the story the second book is super exciting it's the middle it's the climax and the third story wraps up this like whatever the the conflict was like the overarching conflict like so i guess for me because again going into this i didn't know anything about this series and charles had only read the first book I just assumed that we were going to get, like, some sort of overarching plotline. Like, that's just what I would have expected for a trilogy. So, I, how I said earlier how I just, this would never be my favorite book series. I really don't think it's even because of the structure of that. Because, honestly, I wish there were more books. I wish we could have gotten maybe not a book on every single child in their savvy journey. But I think it would have been interesting to just hear more about Savvy's. Like, I think this is a very interesting... Co- concept and idea but I think for me this would just never be my favorite series because it's a little bit too young for me like how we, we've been talking about like the childish decisions they make so
1: yeah I mean I think I agree with you that I definitely think it's for a younger audience so I agree and I like yes I think that's one of the things that's a barrier for me I think that it's a preference thing because We read the Giver series and the Narnia series, which are kind of like this book in that they are disparate stories within the same universe. And for me, that's fulfilling enough. I like a kind of series like that. Like I said, it's a little more like... Though those examples are all pretty young, kind of books aimed at young audiences, I actually think it's more of like an adult type of approach. Yeah. Because I think of like a long series that takes, like, Harry Potter, you know, seven books, or Hunger Games, that takes three books. Like, I think of that as something that, like, is written for children or teenagers. Like, and so I feel like actually having separate books for each is more of a mature concept. But, I mean, obviously I think this is a young subject matter. Does that make sense? But
0: I don't know if I would say that that's a young concept. Like, having an... No,
1: I'm saying it's a mature concept, and this is young content.
0: I mean, sorry. I meant that I don't necessarily think that that's, like, a mature concept. I think it's just a different way. Also, I feel like that sort of concept is just more seen in, like, fantasy, where, like, you're... Or, like, fantasy or, like, sci-fi, where you've set up a world, so then you can just tell different stories within that world, but I don't think that's necessarily mature. I think that's just, like, the genre, because, like, how you talked about Narnia, like...
1: I don't I don't think of it as fantasy. I mean, those examples I just gave, I guess, Narnia as fantasy. But I don't think of it as – because I feel like fantasy is normally following, like, one protagonist on their long journey.
0: But not always. I, I'm just saying that I don't think that – but I don't think either is – I guess I would say – I wouldn't say either is, like, more mature than the other. I think that it's just a different way of storytelling. It's either, like you said, following one protagonist through that character's journey so it's focused on the character arc – versus the world-building and just exploring the world. Like, that's just different ways of telling a story.
1: Okay, I guess. But, yeah, I think...
0: Like, I don't really think one is more mature than the other. I think it's just different ways of telling a story. Because, like... So, yeah, and for me, yeah, I don't think I necessarily, like... I mean, this is probably the first... I, I, I guess, like you said, we read The Giver and narnia but even narnia i feel like felt more connected than this also those series were longer i mean the giver was only one extra book also like the giver like i don't know i feel like that one some of those books just made no sense to me but or like like gathering blue don't even get me started on gathering blue but like whereas narnia which we were recently covered i feel like that one made a little bit more sense that we like jumped around because it's seven books so it's like the whole history i mean it is it's the whole history of narnia so i feel like that makes more sense to me whereas i guess for me i just my feelings are mainly i'm just surprised that this was only three books like i feel like with how many even just with like the beaumont family there's what like six children
1: seven or something like that by the end
0: seven like i think it would have been interesting to like really like I guess maybe because I'm in the Bridgerton headspace right now like it would have been interesting to get like a book maybe on each kid or a book like on every other kid and like on maybe some of their cousins and stuff like I just think that would have been and it didn't have to be like where they're connected at all but how we're seeing each one I just feel like this series could have been longer So I I take that point that is ultimately why for me I was surprised because again, like I said, to me, when I think of a trilogy, I think of like you think of like Star Wars, the trilogies, how we're following that person. Like there's just so many like major trilogies like in books and movies like so I just wasn't expecting like these basically like three standalone books that just exist in the same universe around the same family, but not focusing on the same characters at all. I mean. From the first to the second book, we had more cameos of the same characters, but this third book, which I think there was a longer time jump, there um, there's just like less connection. So
1: yeah, because I think for character me, like, who was if, really significant in two books, is Samson, and he was barely in the first book. Like he was the least significant of the significant characters.
0: Yeah. So I think, and I mean, yeah, honestly, if there's any character we got growth from, it was him because he was in all three books. And we did kind of see him grow up like from being a seven-year-old to being you know just after kind of getting his savvy so maybe like 14 when he's like helping grandpa Bamba like basically like keep his savvy and like stay alive to now him being like 16 or 17 or whatever and like liking a girl for the first time and like really like rediscovering himself getting a new savvy but I guess for me like honestly I think I think the series would be better if there were more books like if we got more. Like, I feel like it feels unfinished.
1: You heard it here first, guys. I picked out a series Asia wants to read more of.
0: I don't know if I want to read more, but (laughs) I do think that the series would benefit from more books. Like, I think that, which maybe like, I don't know. I guess, do you know, like, has she like ever said that she would write more?
1: She said that this series is done. She's on the website. When I was doing research for the series, it said that she's, the narrative arc that she envisions for this universe is done, though she's writing more books about other
0: stuff right okay. now. Yeah, I just, yeah, for me, I don't know. That, that's pretty much my impression. I think that there could have been more books, and I think also I think just what, it, what would have saved me is if there was, like, like Charles said, Will and Mib's wedding, like at the end of this book. But, like, they're probably already married at this point because he proposed, like, six years ago
1: they like may six have or seven been years
0: ago like but, the time jump was from the second to third book so it would be a pretty long engagement
1: no the time jump from the second to third book is a year what cuz at the end of the second book they say that mibs they say that gypsy had her birthday just then cuz remember they go oh, back to the right. funeral so then,
0: no they would and, not have had the wedding yet just kidding so that would have had to been in the next book or there would have had a been longer time jump because You know, you need at least a year to plan the wedding. It's true. And they're going to need at least two years to plan for all the savvies and stuff to, like, not have everything get destroyed.
1: Good point. I mean, would you recommend this to an age-appropriate audience?
0: Yeah, I would recommend this. I think it's, I mean, there's nothing problematic about it. It's an interesting story. It's got funny characters. Except the
1: incest that happens only in the first book and then gets corrected.
0: The incest gets corrected, so there's not actually anything problematic, and... Honestly, the worst part about all the books was Sarah Jane, SJ. She (laughs) is the bane of the books. That's it. She's the only sucky thing. Like if she were and, you know, you got to have you got to have a villain, I guess. She's really it.
1: Okay, you heard it here first. I agree. I think it was I would recommend it to an age appropriate audience. So
0: Which book do you think would be your favorite book? Of the three? Definitely not the second book. I think the second book. You like the second book? I like L- Sarah Jane was enough to knock that into the trash for me.
1: I like Ledge though. And I like his journey. And I like that we got a bunch of different savvies. Well, actually, I don't know. I found that one pretty annoying. Um
0: I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to pick because like all of the like conflicts are just like it's really childish like everything could have that's been that's kind of what i was thinking i if was it, like they would have spoken to an adult so i feel like that is something like it's hard for me to like fully appreciate it when i'm like i would never do this but like obviously i'm, much I'm like older. this could have been solved <laughs> this would have been solved in two pages
1: i agree well anyway that sums it up Next week, we're going to start a new series. We're going to read the first half of Matched by Ali Condi? Condi?
0: I think it's Condi, but I'm not 100% sure, but let's go with that.
1: We'll figure that out. We're going to read the first half of Matched, which is the first book in the trilogy. So that's chapters 1 through 16.
0: Yes, and I'm super excited to dive into Matched because, like I said, I think, I think I've think i read like the first half of the book, and then I guess I just never finished it which doesn't mean that it wasn't good i just think i don't know i think i picked this up at some point in like high school and maybe i was just so over like dystopian novels at that point because this is like another dystopian novel i know i know we did our dystopia unit a little while ago but we're bringing it back for this listener suggestion so, if you have any predictions, theories, or questions, remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the Nerd Party website. Just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact and select Throwback Paperback. You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at Join nerdparty or on Instagram at thenerdparty or facebook.com slash nerdparty. And to find me, I'm at asiabonia on TikTok and asia.bonia on Instagram.
1: And... I'm at seashells on Instagram. If you enjoy our show, make sure you rate it. Make sure you review it and share it with your friends. And, of course, check out the other podcasts we have within our Nerd Party Network. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss us next week.
0: Yes, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We'll see you next week.